You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Well, we made it to the final hour on this Monday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Reggie Miller will stop by in about 20 minutes. Talk about the last dance. A couple of interesting moments there. You got to see those basketball games on the set of Space Jams when Michael had the Michael Jordan Dome built and they had those pickup games and those were real. That was serious stuff. Reggie, of course, took part in that as well. So Reg will join us uh, coming up here in a little bit. Zion Williamson has become the focus of the, the latest college basketball scandal. He's accused by a former marketing agency of taking improper benefits and accused of taking money to go to Duke. Now, it's a serious case, or at least it sounds serious, but recent changes in college sports makes it a little hard to be too alarmed here because we're getting closer and closer to the accepting of these benefits or, you know, like Reggie Bush, USC wouldn't have been punished for Reggie Bush. And if you pay back the loan, you know, I, so I don't know where, what is fact, what is fiction with this, but people want these athletes to get paid. It feels like, or you should be able to benefit off your likeness. There's only a couple of players who are going to be able to do this. My problem is, you know, how far does this go? How deep does this go? How much money is, you know, do they cap the amount of money you can make? I mean, there's so many questions I have with this. But if Johnny Manziel wanted to capitalize on his likeness, go ahead. Tim Tebow wanted to capitalize, go ahead. Zion Williamson, go ahead. Money is going to be there for certain players. It just is. The shoe companies are involved in this. That's why you can remove a coach from this now you might have to have an assistant coach take a bullet here but the head coach can go i don't know anything about it like rick patino could say i don't know anything about paying a recruit one hundred thousand dollars now his assistant coach might but i'm assuming you probably have to get some clearance there hey how did we get this guy i don't know just showed up magically on campus you know we can have outrage here and and maybe you know zion williamson got improper benefits do I think he did? Yes. But do I care? No. I know that you're going to say, well, boy, that kind of uh, not exactly the puritanical approach we expected out of you. I, I just I know what happens. And they they have shoe companies that are aligned with certain schools. You're going to push them into those schools. I know what happens. Probably happens a lot more than we think. And if Zion was going to sign up as a Nike client, Duke and Nike, like you just use common sense with this. If one of the assistant coaches at Kansas is on record is saying, hey, Zion's people want some money and they want jobs and housing. Okay, that's Kansas. And they're under suspicion with this. But, you know, I, I don't. I don't know if people are going to get upset about this. I don't know if the average basketball fan is going to be upset about it. I don't know if it leads to Mike Krzyzewski or not. I have no idea. But do I think that the shoe companies steering kids towards schools? Yes, I do. Yeah, Paul. I, I do think, though, I read over the Zion story, and it's an accusation, and there's a long way to go before it gets uh, real and the NCAA involved. But I think a lot of people, sports fans out there, may think, I wonder if the school he went to would get the same coverage that Louisville went, got, that Memphis got, that Kansas gets, that yeah. uh, Calipari gets when the, his name is thrown apart. I want, I'm just curious if big sports networks covered Duke the same way. 
Well, we don't. But there's a reason why we don't. The other schools that you're mentioning, there is a little bit of a track record here. Um, you know, had this been at Kentucky, this would have been a John Calipari story. Had this been at Kansas, it's a Bill Self story. Had it been at Louisville, it been a Rick Bettino story. It's at Duke, it's a Duke-Zion Williamson story or a Zion Williamson story. So we frame it how we want to frame it here. But do I think that um, all of a sudden Zion ended up at Duke? And you may want something from this school or this school, but then you don't want something from that school. And maybe you don't, you're not even asking the school. Maybe you're asking the shoe company because this is the marketing company. And they say, look, Zion should just come clean and say that he got uh, improper benefits. Okay. Not going to be the first, not going to be the last. You know, because the NCAA back in the heyday of UCLA, if you really wanted to look, you could have. Maybe you didn't want to look because it's John Wooden. But if you wanted to look, you probably could have found some things there. Maybe they didn't treat UCLA the way they would UNLV. Jerry Tarkanian, always under suspicion. John Wooden, never under suspicion. We sort of frame it. We frame it differently. Yes, Todd? It's one thing if a young athlete goes to the highest bidder. I'm not saying it's in Zion's case or not, but I think what may not sit well is all of a sudden the uncle gets the new tractor and the mom's now on the payroll that there's some job they created at the school. There's all this other periphery stuff. It might be better if you give the kid the money and then the kid decides what to do with the money for his family. Once family members are involved in getting these special prizes and, and jobs and stuff, it just makes it a lot more seedy yeah, but what just stops, the kid money. What stops Nike from going, we're going to hire Zion's mom? That's all. But what, what stops, what prevents that? You're just going to pay her. We're going to pay her $200,000 as a consultant. How does the NCAA stop that? And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm asking the question I don't know the answer to. But if, you know, the latest story is Zion got improper benefits. Did he get it from the shoe company? Did he get it from Duke? Got it from Duke. Now we, got it. Now we have some questions that need to be answered. But the shoe company... I, it happens. It's going to happen. We've allowed the shoe companies to be so important an integral part running college basketball because of the amount of money. And this goes back to Sonny Vaccaro, the guy who signed Michael Jordan to the Nike deal. He realized these coaches weren't making that much money. I'm going to give you a lot of money, but I want you wearing our product. And it is brilliant marketing. Brilliant. And we forget all about that. But that's how it started. Sonny Vaccaro got the Big East and got all those coaches. And all of a sudden, everybody is wearing Nikes. And the importance, and then the Big East blew up. And now you had to have your Nikes there. Then you bring in Michael Jordan. And then the rest is history. Yeah, see. Why are college basketball coaches paid by shoe companies? Yeah, well, that's... That's been a question that's been asked, and I don't know if we ever, you know, does the chancellor, the president, you know, why does he allow that to happen? Right. You know, because should you, you get a salary, you know, now you're getting an endorsement, but the kid can't get an endorsement, but the coach can. Yeah, Paul. It is interesting, the guys we've been talking about are the, are the players that should most have been paid for their work. Johnny Manziel put A&M on the map more than they've been in 30 years. Reggie Bush did the same thing for USC. 
Zion Williamson carried the entire sport of college basketball. Yeah. 31 nationally televised games. If anyone, that's I think well, there'll be no outrage because when you look at Zion Williamson, you're like, man, I'm, I'm kind of glad he got paid for his time in college basketball. He entertained us and he took the risk and almost hurt his knee and, and he was on 31 national TV games. Yeah, I'm really shocked anymore where I go, well, I didn't think that would happen. Like there's certain things that if you said Cal Ripken Jr. or Derek Jeter did steroids, okay, I'd be surprised. But there, there aren't many moments where I go, nah, I didn't see that one. Well, I'm shocked at that. Because you, if you've been around long enough, people either talked about it, they've done it, they've hidden it. It just, these things have happened. And the amount of money that's involved in this with college football and college basketball, what coaches make, and coaches are the stars in college basketball because players change, coaches stay the same but they're the ones that make the money. They make the big money here. I also saw a long article. It uh, is written by the former GM, Mike Lombardi. He wrote for The Athletic. And he says, Cam Newton is too good to be a backup, and that's his problem. Now, he talks about uh, that don't ever think NFL teams always make the common sense decisions or don't have personal agendas in place to prevent them from making smart decisions. Take the Chicago Bears, for example. They traded a fourth-round pick to Jacksonville for quarterback Nick Foles. They now inherit Foles, a contract that had $17 million in guaranteed money in 2020. They moved the guarantee into future seasons, so in essence, Foles gets all the money owed to him. Bears get some relief. With the cap relief, the Bears get a less threatening quarterback challenger to incumbent Mitchell Trubisky. Cam Newton would walk into the Chicago locker room and every player on the team would immediately feel, quote, he's the man. There would be no doubt. From day one, Newton would endear himself to his teammates, leaving Trubisky with zero chance to compete, which is not what the Bears want. They want to challenge Trubisky, but only in a kind, polite way. By the way, if Foles isn't the starter, the Bulls will have themselves a very expensive backup with guaranteed money because of the way the structure they structured his deal this year and next. So the Bears could have easily taken Cam Newton instead of Nick Foles, yet they chose comfort and familiarity. They did not choose the better player. It's Mike Lombardi in the uh, athletic. By the way, my Jags are officially tanking. They brought in Mike Glennon as the backup to Gardner Minshew. It's official. <laughs> it is official. We are tanking. Because I wondered, I thought, you know what, Jacksonville, you want to push the envelope a little bit? Bring in Cam Newton. They don't want to win this year. And, and if I'm a Jacksonville fan, I get it, and I would embrace it. Let's be bad. Let's be bad. Let's Yes, McLovin. Have we all had a moment where we thought, wow, Mike Lennon might be pretty good? I think even you had a moment where you're like, wow, Mike Lennon could kind of spin it a little bit. No? I think when he was on Tampa, I liked him a lot. Yeah, I mean, he can throw a ball. I, don't, you know. I can throw a ball. Stop with that. I did have a Mike Glennon moment, but then you realize he got, he started over Russell Wilson and that's why Russ transferred to Wisconsin. Um, yeah. Mike Glennon, he is your backup quarterback in Jacksonville. Yes, Paul. Mike Glennon as a rookie with Tampa, he was uh, 19 touchdowns, nine picks. Yeah. Huh? That's as good as it got. That's okay. Tampa would have taken that last year instead of the 30 for 30 on Jameis Winston. Will they do a 30-for-30 30 30 on Jameis Winston? Yes, McLovin. 
Do you remember that story where Mike Lennon was invited to the Bears draft party? He was going to be their starter, and the GM invited him, and then they drafted Trubisky, and he was standing there? I'm standing right here. Oh, and you're using a real high draft. It's not like, you know, I mean, Jordan Love is uncomfortable for Aaron Rodgers. This is where you trade up. Hey, Mike, come on in. Yeah, we got a draft party. Come on in. Boy, do we have a surprise for you. And the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. I think I'm going to be going now. All right, a couple of phone calls, then we'll take a break. Reggie Miller will join us. Uh, Ryan in New York. Hi, Ryan. What do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. Uh, first time, uh, long, well, many time, long time, six-foot combo <laughs> guard. Uh, I have a best investor for okay. you. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, best of the weekend, obviously, Mike, uh, getting a little emotional seeing that uh, was, was special for me. And prior to that, I think uh, ESPN played uh, UNC at Maryland. I always had heard stories about my dad telling me uh, about Lynn Bias. He Ooh. was a bad man. Ooh. Finally got a chance to see him play. Um, and a question for you. I always wondered, how was he going to end up uh, on the Celtics? And how does that kind of change uh, – the flight pattern, no pun intended, for Mike going through the East. Uh, the Celtics already had Hall of Famers, and they were going to add uh, Lynn to that equation. Obviously, the tragic ending to that story, but can you talk a little bit about how that was going to happen and how you saw history uh, change? Almost? Oh, it would have been rewritten because you had Reggie Lewis who passed away. I would the the Celtics had the transition in place. It was perfect. They could have taken a little stress off Bird because of his back. Uh, Mikhail Parrish, DJ Ainge, you had Len Bias and Reggie Lewis as well. So they lost two, you know, what I think would have been Hall of Famers. And Len Bias was, that was a spectacular player. Like that, when you watched, it didn't take long before you went, which one's Bias? It was the guy who was blowing right Bias. See what I did with that, Todd? Yes, McLovin. I might have this wrong, but I'm reading it was a Gerald Henderson trade that landed yeah. in that first round pick. Yeah. What? Yeah, Gerald Henderson. <laughs> All right, let me take a break. Reggie Miller is going to uh, join us. More phone calls coming up. Take a break here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. I mentioned my Jags are officially tanking. They brought in Mike Glennon as the backup quarterback. Probably mean-spirited on my part. He threw 19 touchdown passes in 2013. How many touchdown passes do you think Mike Glennon has thrown since that 2013 season? The answer is 17. Total. Let's bring in the Hall of Famer, Reggie Miller. Boy, Reggie has a great Sunday. Every Sunday, Reggie gets to sit down and watch Michael Jordan <laughs> and the Chicago Bulls. This is the worst assignment you've had probably since you were in school at UCLA, Reg. Oh, my goodness. I would take UCLA right now as opposed <laughs> to this education I'm going through every Sunday. But I will say... Um, you know, watching, I think it was the end of episode seven last night, MJ, you don't need to apologize. You don't need to apologize of what your DNA is, because this is what I tell people. At the end of the day, 
the headline is not going to be Bill Whittington let us down, B.J. Armstrong let us down, Judd Buesler let us down, Steve Kerr, not even Scottie Pippen. The headline is going to be Michael Jordan. So you have to be a taskmaster. You have to whip guys into shape. Don't apologize for that. That's your DNA. That is how I was somewhat raised, because I was raised by Magic and Byron Scott and Michael Cooper. Win at all costs. Absolutely. And if you don't want to fall in line, you see the door? Bye-bye. I don't want to hear it. And... You know, when Steve, it's funny because when Steve Kerr and, uh, is kind of reminiscing on the fight, that's every Tuesday. That's every Wednesday <laughs> during the 90s, during practices. You always fought your teammates. I think it, in today's age of social media, it would have been blown up. But it, that, when I'm looking at that, I'm like, yeah, so? Okay. They got in a fight. You know how many times I got in a fight with Dale Davis, Antonio Davis? I mean, so? That happens. Did you ever throw it, a punch? It, of course. That's what fights are. What do you think fights are words? Yes. A lot of yeah. some pushing and shoving. I solve okay. problems with words, Reggie. Well, we didn't solve problems with words. <laughs> Afterwards. Afterwards, we would talk it out. Yeah. But sometimes you've got to have a little tough love. So what? I, I, you know, when he was, you know, got emotional about it, you know, before this doc came out, he was talking about, you know, people are going to think, you know, they're going to see me in a different light and they're going to think I'm a bad person. Yeah, we all know that, <laughs> We all knew that. Uh, we're like, I'm like, so what? Uh, That's what made him great. I was surprised that he cared this much about being liked because I don't think Michael, when he played, cared about being liked. He wanted to be feared and he wanted to be respected. Maybe he's mellowing a little bit here. Where I don't think so. Uh, to me, if you're asking me personally, this is what I personally feel. I think that's an act. I think he can, he could care less what people think. Really. Wait, you I think, think he, that crying last night was an act? No, that was real. Oh, okay. That was real, but I, he, I don't think he cares what what people think. That's what made him MJ. That's what made him the black cat, black black Jesus. That's what made him. But when he goes to the Hall of Fame and he makes it a roast, these are all accomplished people. Like, Mike never turned it off. And, and you can imagine, hey, I'm going to make fun of Scotty Burrell and Judd Bushler and Bill Wennington. I'm making fun of Hall of Famers to their yeah, faces there. <laughs> he, that's why I'm saying he, he, he can care less what people think about him because he can't turn it off. Yeah. Because it's his DNA, and that's what made him great. When he says, because you've never won anything, that, that's what it is. It, it, it takes a level. You've got to go to different and dark places, and he has. And I don't think he should apologize for that, because he is the GOAT. Yeah. He's the greatest player of my generation, of any generation. And he shouldn't have to apologize for how he is wired. Um, because he brought a lot of joy to the city of Chicago and a lot of money in a lot of people's pockets, his teammates, the league. Um, so he shouldn't have to apologize for that. Are there things that I'm sure he wishes he could have said or done differently? I'm sure, but that's not his DNA. But why can't he give credit where credit is due? He gives. If there's one thing I do, 
there's ways like him laughing at, at Gary Payton. That was wrong. And to me, that is wrong because there's ways he could have said, yeah, you know what? He made me work in those two games, but, you know, I came back and gave it to, to them. The re- there's ways he, he could have framed it. But guess what, guys? That's why he has six. Six finals, six finals MVP, yeah. and the GOAT. Right? That's why he threw shade at Clyde. He threw shade at Dan Marley. He's throwing shade at Isaiah. I'm next next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is what made him. Wait, right? do you know? Never give credit to anyone. Do you know what's going to happen next week? Have you I been have told? I have no idea what is going to happen. If I knew, I'm would you want to know? I'm just the pattern of what I've been watching, <laughs> and he has killed everyone. Craig Elo, Dan Marley. He threw shade at Clyde. He had not been equal. He just laughed in Gary Payton's. Gary was Defensive Player of the Year, Hall of Famer. You're right. It doesn't matter. I, I think the only people he he probably hasn't thrown shade, maybe Magic, you know, Larry. I think he was, you know, those guys are what helped pave the way for him. But us little minions that <laughs> came after him, <laughs> no. Oh, God. I, I, there's part of me that hopes he goes after you. Just, oh, he's going. But he's but going. but that's because you you know you got to it. Like he he only go he's going after you if you know there was really something that was going on. I mean, and that's why I want people to understand him laughing and people like wanting to like throw shade at Gary Payton. He's laughing because he knew Gary brought it and Gary wasn't backing down. Gary's one of those dudes you can walk through an alley with, right? Yeah. So he's laughing at that, but MJ knew. Come on, man. He knew. <laughs> so, again, I don't know, nor do I care. But as long as he, at the end of the day, he respected me, and maybe he doesn't respect me. I don't care. I really don't. But it was fun. Are you sure? I was, that he respected me or didn't respect no, me? No, that you don't care. I don't care. Really? It's, I don't care for you. I don't care if MJ likes me or not. Well, really? no, respect is one thing. Like, well, whatever. So, if he does, if he doesn't, okay. is that going to change my life? No. Okay, it's not going to change my life. Do but you say anything negative about him? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, come on. I, can't, I can't remember. I mean, it, it was a few months ago. Maybe, I don't know. Paulie, would you t- would you text the director, I'm on it. Jason Hare, <laughs> and ask if Reggie said anything mean about Michael? <laughs> Uh, well, hold on. Well, mean or him making up stuff. <laughs> you never know. He could have, I could have said, uh, hey, you were a little late on that screen. And he could have been like, he's the worst defensive player of all time. <laughs> he could have thought that. <laughs> right? So who knows in, in his mind what he's thinking. I mean, the whole LeBradford, because I do remember that. Any little slight, you know, he was going to use. So. Oh, well. Did you say anything after a game to – did you say, like, good game? Or, yeah. Oh, you did? I was taught, yes, but I was very young when I was a rookie, you know, and he let me know. You know, that's when the whole Black Jesus thing came up. And he's like, don't ever speak to Black Jesus like that. I said, wait, first of all, you're referring to, your, you're referring to yourself in the third party by calling yourself Black Jesus? I said that to myself. I was like, oh, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> So set the scene where Mike refers to himself in third person. I'm a rookie. <laughs> exhibition game. We're playing in one of these crazy small towns because that's where exhibition games are to kind of spread the wealth and 
the love of basketball, and Mike's going through the motion. You know, it's an exhibition game. Who cares? I'm a rookie. I'm going 130 miles an hour because I'm trying to show my teammates, and you're going against Michael Jordan. And Chuck Persons egging me on, like, that's Michael Jordan? Really? Look what you're doing to him. You know, <laughs> he's just, Michael's just going through it, right? Uh, you know, I got 10 or 12 by half. He has like two or four. And I'm like, just talking to him like, you, you can walk on water? That's what they say? This is it? This is Air Jordan? And he looks at me. He's like, okay. So the second half, he ends with 45. So I end with, I had 10. I ended with 12. So he outscored me 40 to 2. <laughs> And as we're walking off, he subtly says, hey, don't ever talk to black Jesus. Like <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him, I was like, and I looked at Chuck, and Chuck, like, shrugged his shoulder. And I was like, you're right, black Jesus. And I just kept walking off. And that's kind of what probably started our somewhat contentious relationship. Oh. But I should have known better, you know, but I couldn't hold, I can't hold my tongue. That's my problem. But you think that he respected the fact that you went at him. We'll find out next week, <laughs> won't we? <laughs> oh, God. I can't wait. I just hope that Mike unloads on you. He will. I do. Yeah, I but do. that was my thinking. Like, when people are saying, yeah, we, we all know how that turned out, you trying to retire Michael Jordan. <laughs> Is that wrong for me? Wait a minute. That should be my thinking. Yes. I would. Th I, now, would. I can't speak for the rest of my teammates, but that was my thinking. Like, this is my, this is my chance. I've got a team. I got my guys. You have your guys. You're the champs. You're Michael Jordan. I do want to retire you. God. It didn't happen, but that should be my thinking. You guys should have won. You, you, you guys. Stop it! You're gonna make it hurt. That it was does a, hurt. You guys had a great team. You had a better all-around team than the Bulls did. It hurts. It really does hurt, and more so Game Seven too yeah. in their place because it was all set up. I mean, we're up six. See, this is how well you know it because you read. People always say, "God, you made so many great moments." It's not the great moments I relive. It's the hurtful ones that are on rewind in my brain. We're up six, that jump ball between Scottie Pippen and 7-4 Rick Smith, and it's on their side. If we win that jump ball, because oh. it's on their side of the court, if we win that jump ball, go down the score, we go up eight with like under four to go. You could start massaging the game by then. Yeah. They win the tip. Scotty wins the tip. The ball finds its way to Steve Kerr. He knocks down a three. And from six to three, and it was like a snowball effect after that. We it we just couldn't hold on. And I just relived that moment over and over. If we could have won that jump ball and scored and just put more pressure on. Not to say we would have ended up winning, but it, it makes it a little bit more difficult. So, yeah, it's it's the hurtful moments you remember more. Are you sure you're going to be emotionally ready to talk about this next Monday? Yes. I'm, it, it's good to to talk it out, especially with family like yourself and my Danettes. It's good. It'll be good. Wait, what's I'm your glad, what's I'm your wife be, think I'm about this? Rich. Get a sense, I'm glad people get a sense of how competitive things were in the '90s um, and the '80s, really late '80s. But to have a camera and see him see him going off and. It, it, <laughs> If people can understand, that's nothing. <laughs> that is absolutely nothing what he was 
how he's railing off on his teammates, that's nothing, guys. That is, that's easy trash talk. If you could understand what goes on between games, oh, my God, people, that is nothing what you're seeing. Do you need an emotional support dog? I need something. I really do. It, it's good because, you know, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm watching this with Mama Bear, and I tell her, go sit on the other side of the couch because <laughs> my, my palms are sweaty because, and then when the, the commercials come and she's looking at me, and, you know, I got, like, sweat coming down. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not okay because it, it brings back those memories, good and bad. And uh, I'm excited about next week because I know he's going to kill me, but I'm going to take it as a badge because he's gone after everyone else in this docuseries, so he might as well come after us. Um, you should wear so, your full uniform next Sunday. You know what? I'm going to try to – I have to have some uniform. I am. I'm going to take some pictures. Get your, yes, yes, get your sweatbands uh, on. and I am. Full, full uni. Get, I never wore a headband as a player, <laughs> but if I can find a headband, I'm going to put a headband on, and I'm going to watch. I am going to watch this in full garb. Yes, I will. Oh, that's good. Uh, hey, before I uh, let you go, Shaq says that uh, we shouldn't have a season because nobody's going to recognize this year's champion as a true champion. What do you make? Uh, I think they will definitely recognize it, but I do agree. I, I think we're getting to that point where we may need to just scrap this and, and start anew uh, next year. I, I just don't see any positive things coming out of restarting this. We're two months in now, right? Yeah. Uh, I think we'll get a lot of injuries once we come back because guys are going to try to they won't train right and you see a lot of these injuries at the start of the season because guys are not in shape um i just don't see any benefit from it um so i think if there we do resume play and there is a champion there won't be an asterisk behind it because it's still the championship just like the lockout year when san antonio won and Phil Jackson was saying there's going to be asterisks. No, you, you ended up winning the championship. You'll be recognized as that. But I do agree with him. We should start really looking at, at next season and just starting fresh. Well, you know, leave it to LeBron to win this year so then people have more of an argument that it doesn't really count as a championship. You know, with this whole Jordan phenomenon going on, it would just it would be so LeBron-like to win and then have people hold it against him. And not only that, let's say they do scrap the season and we start again next year in October, November, December, or whenever they think about starting again. LeBron's a year older now, too. That's the only thing. And he didn't – he was having an MVP. He wasn't going to win the MVP. To me, that was Giannis. But he was 1A and 1B. He was going to be second in the MVP voting. All right, just get ready. Like, gear up Sunday night like you're gearing up for a game. Um, uh, <laughs> what music did you listen to in the locker room before games? Tupac. Oh, I was a huge Tupac fan, so all right. yes. All, right. all eyes on me, so I'll probably be having that plane as I'm in full <laughs> pacer gear, and uh, it's ready to go. All eyes on me. <laughs> and a guard. Out of UCLA, six foot, are you six seven or six six? Six seven. Six. Give me my inch. He was six six, I was six seven, <laughs> but it didn't matter. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, I can't wait. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, Y'all are going to kill me next week, but it's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. Thank you, Reg. I'll talk to you next Monday. Y'all the best. Oh, man. This is going to be so good. I hope Mike just tears him, just rips him up, laughs. Like if they show something that Reggie says about him where Mike gives you that big belly laugh like he did last night about Gary Payton. Yeah, Paul. That story Reggie told is fascinating on so many levels that it's an exhibition game, a game that means absolutely nothing. And he talked a little smack to Jordan because Reggie had 10 and Jordan had six. Then Jordan ends up with 42 to 12 and says, don't ever try that with Black Jesus. I know. I didn't know that he called himself Black Jesus. Once again, we criticize LeBron James for being King James. He's calling himself Black Jesus. And somehow that's okay. LeBron calls himself King James. A dude calls himself Black Jesus. Take a break. Last call for phone calls back after that. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Coming up tomorrow, we'll talk to the Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott. Also, Sam Smith, who wrote The Jordan Rules. Will join us coming up. Got a scoreboard winner, Ryan, in New York City. The numbers are 31 and 5. All right, Todd, you want to give a hint on. Sure. Okay. Okay. The five has to do with uh, major frustration, one left. Major frustration, one left. All right. And the 31 is not Reggie Miller's jersey number. Okay. So uh, what I said for the clue is back up, Reggie. It's not about you today. Back up, Reggie. Okay. So maybe it's a backup. Could be. Okay. Paulie, this day in sports history might lead us to a clue or two. I wish I could help you. Uh, 1977, <laughs> Ted Turner managed an Atlanta Braves game. Okay. He was the owner of the team and decided to manage for a night, which right. can imagine if someone did that now. All right. And then uh, 2015, the NFL announced that Tom Brady of the Patriots would be suspended without pay for the first four games. Uh, suspension for the violation of NFL policy on integrity of the game for his knowledge of underinflated footballs. After being checked by the officials. Still amazing. Story. Patriots would be fined a million dollars for taking a, a hint of air out of the footballs and forfeit a first-round draft pick. So amazing. Unbelievable. Uh, so no hints there for Todd's scoreboard. <clears throat> All right. Let me hear it, Todd. All right. We went with five because major frustration is in winning all the majors except for the U.S. Open. He's got one left, as in his nickname, Lefty. And our guest today, oh. Phil Mickelson, has won five majors, and that was the number five. 31, wow. possible backup, his 31st birthday today. Mr. Cam Newton is 31 today, and he might have to be ready to take a backup quarterback role. Man, those are tough. It was a little tough. Yeah. Well done, Todd. Thank you. Well done. Well done. Uh, David in North Carolina. David, what do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. Uh, I, I got so many issues. Um, actually, uh, 5'11", 220 pre-COVID, 231 right now. Okay. Uh, your comment about Krzyzewski and du the Dukies getting away with all they've gotten away with on Zion Williamson – Oh, I don't know if they have. I don't. I don't. I'm not okay, saying fine. they have. I, I. don't know, David. Okay, fine. I'm from Durham. 
uh, I went to Chapel Hill, um, class of 83, so I was there when Michael was there. I know, you know, no, anyway, I hate those guys that say they know people. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, my problem is our football program and our basketball program was obliterated for five years based on nothing. The NCAA couldn't even press charges on it. And for you to – I love your show, love you, always have. But for you to sit there and just say, you know, that's no big deal. Hey, hey they, I, they no, no, David, David, you got to understand, you're so close to it, and I am so removed from it. And if they nail Duke, nail Duke. I, I It doesn't matter to me. I don't care if Carolina did it. If you get caught, you get punished, okay. I I love talking to Coach K. If Duke gets banged here, okay. Not the end of the world to me. I'm not saying let's let, let's not cover this because it's Mike Krzyzewski. I mean, if that was the case, I wouldn't even bring it up today. But I can't sit here and go, boy, that would never happen. I can't say that. As much as I love Roy Williams, I... You can never say it won't happen. It happened to John Wooden. So I'm, I'm not naive here. You're upset because your basketball and football program got hit hard by the NCAA. Okay. If Duke gets hit by this with the Zion Williamson, it's okay. Yeah, we'll move on. Thanks for the phone call. Decompress a little bit here. You're too close to it. Go Heels. Yes, McLovin. Has any team ever had more penalties and less wins in North Carolina football? <laughs> Not to pour salt on David's wounds. As you're going to. And also, they had like 10 first-round picks. Oh, and I, I know. don't remember them ever being in a major bowl game. I know. Nice uniform. Yeah. You don't remember the heights that Mitch Trubisky lifted to them no, I do a couple not. years ago? No, I do not. Google it. No, do I? I do not. Uh, Dan in Chicago. Hi, Dan. Hey, Dan, a couple of things for you. Uh, one, if there were to be uh, an 11th episode of The Last Dance, I want it to be Chappelle's show, Rick James, Prince-themed, where Dave Chappelle's Prince, <laughs> you got Reggie telling the Black Jesus story, and just that's what I would want to see okay. with the 11th episode. Uh, and then in regards to Shaq's comment, you know, I agree there shouldn't be a season, but that's out of health and safety. But you know, when I look at you know the 99 Spurs, 2012 Heat, 2013 Blackhawks, strike shortened champions that you know we're probably going to be champions anyway if there was a full season 95 Braves they were uh you know over the the 100 win Indians in a strike shortened season I mean you know the Redskins I, I don't think no, you're right though Dan I mean that those are all great points and I appreciate you calling in we we don't hold we're gonna if if the Lakers would win a title this year just because it's LeBron there would be an asterisk by this trust me when I say that if if Kawhi wins in the Clippers, it's not going to be an asterisk. If the Bucks win, it's not going to be an asterisk. If LeBron does, just because it's LeBron. That's all. But I appreciate that phone call. Nobody looks at the Spurs and goes, eh, strike short in there. Or the Blackhawks. They just don't. But because it's LeBron and it's a talking point for shows, there'll be an asterisk by it. Yeah, Paul. And Dan, and vice versa, if the Lakers come up short in some type of like shortened playoff thing, They'll critique the Lakers and LeBron for saying, you had a shortened playoff where you had to win a fewer amount of games and you couldn't win that. Yeah. It, it's just, it's LeBron. 
It's, uh, it's open season for LeBron. And I don't want anybody to misconstrue what I'm saying about Zion Williamson. If Kansas has an assistant coach on record talking about uh, Zion's stepfather wanting benefits or wanting uh, money, whatever it is, and then he ends up at Duke, does he then go to Duke and then they don't ask for anything? You know, Cam Newton in Mississippi State. And remember there, what was the uh, 175 grand? Like, so then he, he didn't take money when he went to Auburn? Or did they just hide it better? Like, I, I just apply logic. And I know it's dangerous in this world that I work in. I just apply logic. And that is illogical. Oh, he's going to take money, but then he's not going to take money. Oh, okay. But just from Mississippi State, not from Auburn. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's go around the room. Uh, McLevin, I'll start with you. Uh, final results of the poll question. Does the documentary make Michael Jordan look less likable or more likable? 70% say more likable. Okay. Hey, it's a whole new audience that's consuming this. And I love that. I love that there's a whole new audience that's watching this. Because we tend to make these statements and we didn't see the player play. And I always say, see the player play, read about as much as you can before you make an argument. And if you feel that way with Mike, great. I love it. More information, the better. Uh, what did you learn today, McLovin? I learned that Reggie says he doesn't care what Michael says about it. <laughs> We're going to find out next Monday. Fritzel. Uh, Phil Mickelson once caught a hard-thrown pass from Brady in Augusta when it was half dark out two weeks before the Masters, hoping not to break a finger. That was a good story by Mickelson. Seton O'Connor. Phil Mickelson has a T-Rex in his office. Yeah. Mm, who doesn't? Paulie? Mickelson says, uh, uh, Peyton Manning, great trash talker. What we learned brought to you by LegalZoom. No matter what happens, you want to make sure your loved ones are taken care of. That's why LegalZoom's made it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today with the right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Thanks for the phone calls, emails, tweets, all-around support. We'll do it again tomorrow. For Seton Pauli, Fritzie McLovin, yours truly, this has been the Dan Patrick Show.